Sorry for not apologizing with Tim Wells starts uh, right now. Well, here we go again. Um, episode number three. Here we are. I, I don't know what took me so long from episode two to episode three. I recorded episode two probably. It was late May. And for whatever reason... I don't know, almost two and a half months have gone by. Here I am, it's like just after midnight on August 11th. I don't know what's wrong with me. I saved up all this money, built a new computer, you know, spent three grand for this computer, monitor, uh, this mic that I'm talking into, and I'm not even, I have barely touched this podcast after the second episode. I don't know what I'm afraid of. I've had the opportunities plenty of times. I mean, it's not that hard to plug in a mic and talk. I had, I mean, I had all these plans for all these guests. I don't know. Life just happens. I mean, a lot's happened the last couple months. Uh, and sorry, I, <laughs> I shouldn't apologize. That is the name of my podcast. Uh, I'm a little sick. I don't know how, but I have a sinus infection in August. Okay, um, <laughs> whatever. But a lot's happened the last couple months. Uh, put my two weeks in, one job I had, and I got another one immediately. And this job's legit. I work a lot, like 50 hours a week, and it's exhausting. But the money's pretty good, and I enjoy it for the most part. I've done really well. It's a sales position. Um... I was top five in the state my first month and a half. Um, and then they moved me to a new branch already, one of the bigger branches in the entire state. Uh, if you know me, you know where I work. I don't really care to talk about work that much, try to separate the two. You know, you work so much, you want to come home, that's the last thing you want to think about. But it is on your mind a lot because you're always trying to figure out what you can do to do better how to improve your life, position yourself in to a better situation where you're making more money, hopefully better hours one day. But as of right now, it's just a grind. And I'm doing pretty well. For the most part, enjoying it. Not every aspect of it. But I don't think any job like that's perfect. Uh, especially dealing with face-to-face -face customers. But, uh... Yeah, that's that's kind of what I've been doing mainly. I haven't done a whole lot this summer outside of worked, uh, working a bunch. Um, yeah, I haven't really gone anywhere. Not yet. I'm going to Denver next month to visit some friends. Had some weddings, bachelor party. But no, the summer's been pretty mild as far as me traveling uh, anywhere. Just kind of sticking close to home. Uh, I got a new apartment. Then I got my roommate, uh, fraternity brother of mine from college, uh, one of my best friends. So that's, I mean, it's been working out great. Me and him are very easy. To, I mean, we get along so well. I mean, we've never had, I mean, we don't argue on anything. We, we watch the same stuff. I'm enjoying that. He's a great dude. He's got, he's got a good job too. So none of us have to worry about who's paying what, who's not paying what. It's pretty smooth, honestly. 
but uh, I mean, I went to Warp Tour in July. That was the last one too. Stinks, man. I've gone to every Warp Tour since 2012, and I went to two of them and two years ago. So I've gone to the seven or eight, and it stinks, man, because it's kind of like a, a representation of where I'm at in my life right now, like the end of my adolescence. Warp Tour is ending. Uh, here I am at 24 years old. All the music I love. I mean, I still love it, but I am coming out of that age where those genres of music don't really apply to my life anymore. Which sucks. Uh, it really does stink when you think I'm back on it. Because the reason I love that kind of music, like pop punk, uh, maybe like hardcore rock, things like that, because it always brings me back to a good time in my life. That's why I love Blink-182, because when you listen to them, it always takes you back to just a great moment, maybe like a summer in high school or a time in college at a party and you're just having the time of your life. Um, or also sad moments, but at the same time, it was a, still a pivotal part of your life that you reflect back on and realize, wow, th- like during that situation, that song meant a lot to me and it got through me that tough time. And that's why I love Warp Tour. Uh, you know, I w- Towards the end of that last one, I mean, I went. It was about a, about three weeks ago. I went and a Simple Plan. I've never seen them play. Um, they're I think the second to last band of the night, and I'm, they're playing the last song. They're playing Perfect. Uh, if you know Simple Plan, I mean, you know the song. But I'm just sitting there, and I'm just looking around, and I'm seeing everyone jumping around, just having a great time. And like, for a moment, it felt like I was like hovering over the entire crowd, just watching it. Uh, from like a drone perspective and I was just thinking to myself man I'm going to miss this this right here these were the good old days that I'm living in right now <coughs> so it kind of stinks but such is life nothing nothing easy about life because life's all about uh, just moving on it's really everything changes and the older you get, the more you realize that. My youth's basically over. I mean, working full-time, I don't really have time to go out on Tuesday night or do whatever I want anymore, which is fine. I mean, everyone needs to grow up at some point. And I'm, I'm slowly learning how to do adult things. Like, I went to the doctor by myself, got my own prescription today um, for my sinus infection. Things like that, <laughs> I, I things I don't think about every day, but now I do. Because you're going through these new things as an adult on your own. Granted, still my parents' insurance. What up? Got a, got like a solid uh, 16 months left on that. It's gonna be sad when that's over. I don't know, man. The older I get, I, and the, the job I'm working, like I'm, I'm coming to like a crossroads in my life where. Am I really happy with what I'm doing? I mean, I know I'm making good money. I know I'm good at it. But is this really what I want to do for the next 30, 40 years? And it stinks because they don't really teach you that. They tell you to follow your dreams as a kid. It's like they always, I mean, everyone tells you that. But they don't ever tell you the potential cost of your humanity by giving up on those potential dreams. Because what I'm doing now is not my dream. I didn't grow up thinking oh i can't wait to rent somebody a car one day <laughs> no i didn't no yeah if you did you're kind of you're kind of crazy 
maybe but maybe some people's dreams we all have different dreams maybe some people's dreams is just to have a good job and be a supportive husband wife um and make a living for their children and maybe that's some people's dreams and i respect the hell out of that but i know me deep down if i do this the rest of my life <coughs> i'm gonna hate myself so i don't know what my long-term solution is i, I want to say i want to stick with this company it's a really great company and there's a lot of great opportunity in it. But if I want to follow my dreams, which obviously, if anyone who knows me knows, it's always been surrounded by comedy. I love it. But I don't know what's holding me back. I don't know why it took me two months to pick up this mic and talk to you guys for a third time. What am I afraid of? I, I it's, it's, it's scary. I, there's so much fear that's countering other fears, and I, I don't really know what I'm afraid of. Because when you don't follow your dreams, I, I don't know, you're basically choosing between having bad credit and no money to chase the dream, these dreams. Or, you know, make decent money and enjoy a solid line of credit. But potentially live with the fact that you gave up because you were scared of being broke. And I think that's where I'm at right now. It, it sucks. Like, what the hell do you do? I don't know. I'm not sure. I know what I love. Do I? But do I go after it? There's a lot of things they don't teach you when you're a kid to to deal with when you're older. Like they they give you all these hopes and dreams and all that. And I, you know, you're a kid. I think that's what they're gonna do. But like things like they never teach you how to cope with death and tragedy or at least prepare you for it. And I'm one of those people. I'm a very outgoing individual, but I really do keep to myself when it comes to my emotions. Which may explain my current high blood pressure, as I found out today at the doc. I don't know if it's stress or whatever. I've been dieting really hard lately. I know I'm in pretty good shape. I've lost about 40 pounds. This year alone. Which isn't saying much because I got fucking fat. I've always been big, but Jesus Christ, I was up there. <laughs> up there. Um, I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about people lately. Because up until the last couple of years, I'd never lost anyone really. That has been close to me. And then all of a sudden, it's just boom, boom, boom. You know, I, I lost a fraternity brother almost two years ago, coming up on two years. And that shit still haunts me every day, especially if you're familiar with the situation. I, 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 I don't go a day without thinking about it. It kills me. I have nightmares still. I'm not over it yet. I don't know how to, I don't know how to cope with it. That was the first shock to my... Well, really, me realizing, oh, this is real life. This isn't a game anymore. People can get hurt. Shit happens. Tragedy can strike at any point in time. And there's no way to prepare yourself for that moment because it just happens. You know, I lost a fraternity brother. You know, some uh, some family friends. Uh, even just yesterday, family friend, his father, a man I've known basically since I was born passed away suddenly he, he's an older man but seemed healthy you know just 
you you can't prepare yourself for these situations. And I gotta go to a sh- I'm going to a showing this weekend. People I went to high school with in the last few years. Uh, this kid, and I'm not gonna mention his name. I don't be disrespectful, even though nothing I'm saying is disrespectful. Um, but it's just a kid I knew for years. Um, <laughs> great kid. He died of blood clots at like 22, 22, 23 years old. Blood clots. That's not something you should think about. And he wasn't like obese or anything. He was a healthy guy. I think he smoked a lot of weed. <laughs> but who didn't? Who doesn't? I mean, I haven't since I moved back from Denver. Sorry, Mom. I'm like eight months clean of the devil's lettuce. Ugh. Yeah, and then, you know, pretty soon I'll be losing my grandmother. I was born, uh, well, I, sh- I wasn't born without both my gran- my grandfathers, but uh, one was gone in like the 70s. The other one, my, my dad's dad, he, he passed away when I was like six or seven months old. So I, besides that, I mean, I don't remember it. So I've never really lost anyone. And now my grandmother, she's got weeks. She's got, I, don't, I can't even count how many types of cancer she has right now. And it stinks. I don't know how to. I don't know how to deal with it. Cause it, it's it's sad. I I visited her a few weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, I just showed up. I wanted to surprise her. I know it'd make her happy. And it just stinks. It stinks seeing her in her frail state. And then, the way she even talks, now it's she's hesitant in how she talks about the future. She doesn't really mention anything post a week from now because she knows she won't be here. And how mind, mind-boggling it has to be when you're in that position because you can't talk about, oh, I can't wait to visit you this Christmas or, oh, New Year's is going to be fun because you're not going to be around. And it's so sad. She's scared, she's scared to die. Um, she's 88 years old, and she feels... After, I mean, I was talking to her, and she feels like she truly hasn't lived her best life yet. At 88. That's my biggest fear. That's, that's the path I'm afraid I'm going down already. Because before you know it, you're 40. Before you know it, you're 60. I mean, I know people say it seems just like yesterday, but that shit's real. I remember vividly being 10 years old. And playing Madden 2004, having the time of my life in fourth grade, and before you know it, you know you're filling out your own prescriptions, or you know you're picking up your own prescriptions at 24 and a half years old, almost 25. It hits you in a blink. She's scared to die. And at that point, you know, there's nothing you can really say at all to make her feel better, but just smile and nod, I guess. <coughs> all you can really do, I guess, is learn from those mistakes from those people in your life. Take chances. I've taken my chances. Maybe that's why I've been a little complacent as of late as far as wanting to pursue what I want to pursue. But uh, the real world's hard, guys. 
A lot of my friends just coming out of college have no idea. Especially the ones who are living with their parents still. Um, and they have that comfort. Especially if they're wealthy too. Like, Kudos to you, I guess. Shit's rough though. It can be it can be done, or it can be rough, I should say. But seriously, guys, I mean, what I've gathered from talking to my grandmother is, take chances, you know, fall flat on your face. But most importantly, treat people right. And I think when it's all said and done, and I'm leaving this world, into the next, I at least want to be remembered for treating people well and with and with care. That was kind of a dark note, but uh, on a lighter note, I'm I'm getting back into the comedy game. Um, I'm performing at Bobby T's campus in West Lafayette on September 25th at 9 p.m. I know a Tuesday night, Tim. You're at the height of your career. I get it. I get it. I'm I'm pretty big now, but it is a uh, it's right off Purdue's campus, so that'd be cool. I'm going to try to bring a, a couple comics with me, and we'll have a good time, have some drinks. So if you're if you're in the area, hell, even if you're not in the area, just, I mean, it's 45 minutes from Indianapolis. Just come to the show. I don't know how much it costs, probably like five bucks. But, uh, you know, come see me. Uh, talk about some new things. <coughs> to be honest with you, though, I've, I mean, I've taken a step back from comedy. Really, in the last year and a half, I don't know why. I guess I do know why. I really wasn't enjoying what I was writing about for a long, long time. It was all the it was all different variations of the same shit that I was doing for four years. I was writing in the mindset of a college student, but a lot, truly, but truthfully, a lot has happened in my life in the last eighteen months. And the, and now it's uh, it's just not time to write about that stuff anymore. It's time to about where I'm at right now in life, my ups and downs, for example, my fear of death that I've been it's been on my mind a lot lately because I've been around it so much, um, dealing with depression, anxiety, dealing with uh, different failures and successes in my life. I've got a whole new perspective. I can't I can't write about old shit anymore because it doesn't matter to me i mean maybe there's a story or two in there that i can bring back or bring up and and creatively write about it but i have a new perspective and new thoughts and observations i'm i'm almost 25 now and at the end of the day guys you know comedy comes from the heart it does and for a while my heart wasn't in it and i think my stand-up suffered from that uh, truly, I, I I stopped doing. I used to be doing like four or five shows a week, and then I got to like doing one a week, and one a month, and then so far in 2018, I think I've done three, four shows. Like what the hell? And that's something I love to do, but for whatever reason, I'm terrified of doing it. But I, I'm more terrified of not doing it than doing it, and that's what I got to get over and conquer that. And I got to learn how to balance my work 
and my stand-up because I need to make my stand-up my secondary work because I know my podcast, I can make a couple extra hundred doing that, which is awesome. And I know I can uh, make some money doing stand-up if I can get to a point where I can combine all three. Yeah, I'm going to give up some social some social aspects of my life, but I need to anyway. I got high blood pressure. I can't be drinking, smoking those cigs while I'm drinking. Sorry, do that occasionally. I really just need to stop drinking. It's just not good for you. Like at all. And I'm I'm such a social alcoholic. Like it's a real thing. I can't not go out without getting fucked up. I can easily go through I can go weeks without drinking, but if I if I make the decision to go out, I'm blacking out. I it, that's just the way it is. I can't casually drink anymore. I don't maybe I've never been able to. I don't know why. It's like I'm not having fun unless I don't know where the fuck I'm at. And that's scary. I, I mean, I don't know if I should stop completely or just do it on occasion. But I have no control. I mean, I don't ever do anything too crazy. I'm at least somewhat coherent when I do drink. But it's weird because I always feel like I know I'm doing it in the moment. But then I'll wake up the next morning. I'm like, I don't recall 60% of the night. Which is disconcerting. <laughs> man I feel like shit not from the social alcoholism all that doesn't help either but all, all these meds today fucking sinus infection bronchitis in August whatever but yeah I've been struggling getting back into stand up I don't know why my heart wasn't in it I don't know but I've been doing it since uh, March of 14 and I think my issue in these four and a half years of doing stand-up is that I never really knew what my voice was, I guess. I just kind of mimicked my idols and inserted my thoughts with the way they presented comedy. But I now know that my voice is simply the way I interact and communicate in real life. My natural reactions and my, I guess my mannerisms need to be displayed on that stage. And that's what I'm trying to work on. That's what I'm I'm trying to work on. My using how I actually talk, how I actually react, and put it on stage. Too often I'll, you know, I'll use uh, rhythmic timing the way Tom Segura does. I'll try to talk like Mike Birbiglia or John Mulaney. I love those guys. Those guys are brilliant, but they do their shit their own way. And if I'm ever going to get to a point where I'm doing my own style I've got to figure out my voice and that's it's hard it's a lot it's uh easier said than done and I guess that's something you unless you do stand up you don't really understand because it is tough because basically most of us start off just trying to be like our heroes minus jerking off in front of female comedians not about that life um but I'm prepping my comeback I mean, I, I got that gig uh, next month at Purdue. And I'm going to hit some mics here soon and develop my new 20 minutes. You know, and hopefully kill it in my show next month. I'm hoping. that I'll, I'm honestly pretty nervous, but that's a good thing. I haven't been nervous for anything in a long, long time as far as performance-based things are concerned. Like, I... 
I need those butterflies again because that means you love what you're doing and you want people to love what you're presenting. Uh, as much as I love comedy, I, I don't know where it fits in my life long term. So my current job slash career, I mean, it's got a lot of opportunity. And now I'm coming down to this decision, you know, in these next couple of years, do I climb that ladder and focus on the money and, and knowingly give up on those dreams and aspirations that I had? Or do I go for it? But that's the thing about going after those dreams. You have to be realistic. I can't just move to Chicago. I can't just move to L.A. or New York without a plan. It's expensive to live out there, guys. I mean, surely you'd know that. Anyone with any knowledge of real estate knows those larger cities are just expensive as hell. Um, or maybe is there a balance? Is there a way I can do my current job and pursue stand-up? I think so. But it can't be here in Indy. There's just not enough opportunity for comedy. And I don't. And honestly, I just I don't want to do just stand-up. I want to act. I want to get into it. I need it. I need to. I think I'd be good at it. And I, I like directing. I like making videos. There's a lot of. I'm, I just think I'm a creative individual. Yeah, that's a subjective bias, obviously. Uh, but for the most part, people seem to have always supported what I've done and enjoyed it for the most part. But like I said, not a lot of opportunity here. At the same time, with social media, I mean, there's always opportunity, but I hate social media now. It, none of it makes sense to me. The shit, the shit that goes viral now, it's not funny. I don't know. We have seriously watered down our view of what, what funny is. Just any white girl can tweet something relatable about her fucking dog. And it gets like 400,000 likes on Twitter. Or just something about how, you know, in the morning she's skinny and then by the end of the day she's fat. Or whatever. And half, like, three million retweets. I don't get it. I'll see that some of those brilliant shit on Twitter get like 300, 300 likes. And I'm like, what's going on with this world? I don't even want to look at Twitter. See what fucking Donald Trump's tweeting about with his you know, stimpy, stumpy fingers talking about the national anthem. Like, dude, you can be against that, whatever, but you've got bigger fish to fry. Like, is that really what you're going to worry about? You're going to go out of your way to talk shit to LeBron James on Twitter instead of run the goddamn country. Like, who's encouraging him? Like, is, is someone giving him, like, juice and ideas to tweet? I hope not. Because that's got to be the dumbest person in the world. He's just... A, you can support him. That's fine. I don't. And I guess that would make me this crazy left-wing liberal, which I'm not. But it seems if you dislike somebody... People just go to the extremity of the situation. I don't even like fucking political parties. I, I'm the logic party. I, see, I just look at an issue and I see, oh, logically this would make sense. 
and then I stick to that. I don't know. Sometimes it's fiscally conservative. Sometimes it's pretty progressive. But why the hell do we... I don't know. I don't like to get political. But it's so annoying. He's a... He's an embarrassment. Ugh. Like any other countries, I, I'm afraid to go to any other countries as soon as they find I'm an American. Like, I, I used to be prideful. I'm like, yeah, I'm an American. And now I'm like, mm, I'm an American. Hmm. I'm sorry. Forgive me for our crazy man hmm. with the orange face. I don't know. I got off topic. <laughs> I don't even know what I was talking about. Um... Uh, yeah, comedy long term. We'll see. I know I miss making videos, especially with my, my best pal, Josh Hayden. We made some good ones back in the day. Had one go semi-viral, had a few do really well. Although we never figure out how to monetize it and get paid for it, but eh, such is life. But uh, hopefully once he gets back, I mean, he's in the military. He's over in the Middle East. Being selfish. Defending our country and whatnot, you heathen. But as soon as he gets back, probably like January, February, I'd like to make a little comeback. But at this point, it's just about making time for it. It's easy to say, oh yeah, let's do this and let's do that. But if we both live an hour and a half away from each other, and I only have availability after 7.30 to like 10.30 at night, I got like a three-hour window, or every other weekend, shit's hard. Like, I got plans, I got more uh, organized now. Like, I got shit planned for, like, the next couple months. Like, a concert this night. I'm going to Denver that weekend. Um, I'm going to go see The Lion King at the Marah Broadway show. Why not? <sighs> I don't know. I'm not going to keep it going this much longer. It's just me. I don't have a guest. Hopefully, you guys don't hate talk, listening to me for this that long, but... <coughs> Not much going on outside of what I've talked about. NFL's back, finally. Holy shit, it's been the longest summer. I'm tired of I'm tired of watching baseball. I just I just don't I don't get it anymore. I used to like it and now I just I can't even I can't even watch it at all. But people who hate on soccer but like baseball, you can go fuck yourself. Cause at least something like severely matters when a goal is scored. Like, oh, it always ends in a tie. Okay. Yeah, because everyone wants to see a 0-0, 14-inning game that leads with a walk-off walk. Ooh. Yeah. I'm just glad NFL's back. Although, it's even it's hard to even enjoy that because everything is going to get brought up political about kneeling for the, for the, protest, or the national anthem. Which, everyone has a right to do so, whether you like it or not. I'm not saying I particularly enjoy it. But, I don't live the perspective of a lot of those players. 70% of the league's African American. They've lived different lives. Can you respect their perspective, you ignorant piece of shits? Guess not. That got real. <laughs> I was. I just said I was going to get political. and that, I think that came straight from the heart. I don't know. That's a toughie. I mean, Kaepernick paid the price for it. Got blackballed. Probably will never play another another NFL game because he was standing up for people who have no voices. 
it's tough. But hoping uh hoping the Colts do well. Probably won't, that but we'll see. At least Andrew Luck's back. He looked happy. I feel like I feed off his energy, like when he's happy, I'm happy. Like oh last year I was sad because he was sad. And he's like shredded. Dude is thick AF. Like I mean, he's a hunk. That he's got a he's got a woody for sure. For sure. Alright, I think that means I'm about wrapping I'm about done to, with this fucking episode. But hey, episode three in the books only took two and a half months. Um I don't know if I still have a sponsor. I should probably talk to them. because <laughs> uh, it's been so long. Um but if I do, I'll mention them at the end of after this. But thanks guys for listening. I'm gonna do this more consistently. I'm so sorry it took me so long. Uh, I, I, I know a few people have asked me about it. Life's been tough, man. I don't, I just, I've been afraid to get back on the mic, but I need to be consistent and it's good for me to like let off a little bit of steam if I have any, which I did tonight. I had some things in my mind and what you get with me will always be a hundred percent honesty. Um, whether my thoughts are well thought out or not. Oh, well, I'm not going to apologize for that. Cause that's the name of the podcast. But thank you guys for listening. Sorry for not apologizing. Podcast number three in the books.